This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Wrap Up Podcast, where every week I come to you, I bring you all of these couples, we dissect their mess and only mess because this season, it's just mess. But I'm very excited to be here once again to talk about episode 14 of the original 90 Day Fiance season nine. I am, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Queen Keely, back here once again. And with me today, I've got an amazing guest. He is known but not limited to many podcasts out there. Of course, he is the co-host of the Love Island Wrap Up, which is about to premiere with a new season that's coming in on Peacock. So definitely check that out. And also one half of the Challenge podcast over on the Dom and Colin Network. It is the one, nay, the only Brian Scali. Scali, how are you doing today? Oh, hello, hello, Puya. I am doing well. What a nice introduction. I'm excited to be here. Like you said, I'm going to start talking about the uh, blossoming of some new relationships over on Love Island. So I'm excited to talk about what is hopefully the end of some of these relationships <laughs> on 90 Day Fiance. Listen, where some relationships begin, some must end. And in this case, I would like for those ends to be here, please. That would be very nice. Uh, and we could only be so lucky. <laughs> yeah, we can really hope uh, and stay optimistic about it on that front. So, Scally, um, we have talked to you about 90 Day this season, earlier in the season. It has been a couple months now. So I am very keen to find out where you stand with all of these couples here. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> um, as you know, I've been what, like 15 hours of this show recently, uh, and podcast. And I, while very much have enjoyed, especially the podcast, uh, the season, I just feel like some of these people are uh, a little tough to watch. Um, I think that 
partially the show has uh villainized some of these people like beyond redemption mm-hmm, uh, whether mm-hmm. that be through their own actions or edit it is a little rough to watch some so uh not rooting for quite everyone on this cast or even like in some of the couples i'm rooting for no one um so that's a little tough but uh i'm still enjoying the show for sure otherwise uh you know I would uh, make that clear, but no, I'm enjoying myself and excited to talk about these people. Yeah, we're, we're closer to the end game here now. I believe based on what we've now heard, which is 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After is officially coming back for season seven on the 28th of August. So we are about five weeks away, five Sundays away between this season ending any off season, if any, and then the new season. So my predictions here are we're going to get three more weeks of regular 90 day, two weeks of tell all, and then we jump into season seven of 90 day fiance happily ever after, which will be featuring. Obviously it is kind of like the all-star season of the 90 day franchise going to be featuring some uh, couples that we have seen and talked about on this podcast before. So I'm quickly going to name those couples in case you have not heard who's on. We've got Angela and Michael coming back once again. Okay, that's one. We've got Elizabeth and Andre making their way back for what feels like the eighth season they're on, but we move. We have got Jovi and Yara, of course, uh, Jovi, you know, fan favorite Jovi back in the scene once again. And then um, speaking of fan favorites, uh, the podcast is number one hated uh, couple guest man person. Uh, Big Ed is back once again with Liz. Uh, big yikes on that one. TLC, why are you doing this? And then we have Ginny and Sumit, um, Chappelle's favorite couple, uh, Sasha's favorite couple. They're back once again. And then we have Kim and Usman also making their return from the last season of Before the 90 Day over to this season of 90 Happily Ever After. So that's coming on the 28th of August. I will obviously be here to cover it. Uh, wish me luck because it's going to be a lot. But uh, again, to go back to what I was saying originally, five weeks between this season coming and this season that we're on ending. So let's jump into our coverage here and talk about this season of nine today, season nine, episode 14. I want to start off by reading a review. Sorry, not reading a review, addressing a review that we've gotten in the last week about this specific couple. Right. As we start with them. So this was about, this was a three-star review we got and it's regarding Jibri and Miona. And the reviewer mentioned that, you know, Jibri and Miona are the most inauthentic couple this season. And if you did a little research, you would know this because it's all over the internet. So I want to address this review for one reason only is to remind the listeners and the reviewer that I actively avoid looking at internet articles about any of the couples while the season's going on, especially once we get past the midway point, they'll, they would have already recorded the tell all. I'm not trying to find out any information. I'm going in blind. I'm following the episode only. So obviously every now and then something will catch my attention or, or a guest will bring some kind of information that they've seen online. But for the most part, we try and avoid that so that we're on the journey with the show as it goes along. So that is why um, we do not know that. So we do not talk about it. Just so you know, just want to put that out there. Um, speaking of which, Jibri Miona, Scally, let's go and talk about them. So, we have very much like the reviewers that we we have had this couple very high on our list for a long time. They are coming into this week number one on the power rankings here. And the story of Jibri and Miona goes as follows right now. Last time we saw them, 
There was a setup with regards to what they're going to be doing for their wedding. Everything seemed to be getting better. Miona had had its conversation with Mahala and felt good about it. Found out they did not feel good about it. But here we are two weeks away from their wedding time. And it's time for the four of them to sit down as Jibri, Miona, Brian, and Mahala have a conversation. Scally, what are your thoughts on Jibri and Miona since you've last spoken about them? Okay, I feel like I'm with Chappelle. I kind of love Jibri, even though, like, look, there are problems, but as a fellow youth, I get it. Life's hard. Um, don't grow up. So, like, <laughs> I am on board, um, to a degree. I feel like most of the time I'm, uh, okay with, uh, how he's feeling and can relate, but no, I, I feel like, Obviously, there are issues here, uh, with Miona specifically, um, but as well as the dynamics of this family that, uh, are problems. But I think that they're a little bit on the upswing as far as them as a couple, um, you know, running into a few speed bumps, but coming in, I'm feeling generally positive towards them as a couple here. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me with Jibri Miona is that a lot of their problems are self-inflicted, right? Financial issues, self-inflicted. Jibri was offered a trucking job, said, nope, I'm going to live off vibes and music. Thank you very much. Um, they wanted to do, uh, Miona wanted to do a wedding not in South Dakota. Jibri took way too long to finally compromise with her. And they are left in this position now where they're going to have this serious talk with Brian and Mahala. And now we've talked about their self-inflicted problems. They're about to get an inflicted problem from the family as Brian and Mahala would like for them to move out. And specifically, they said, well, we want to know what your move out plans are. What's going on there? And Jibri's like, well, you said we had till the end of the month. And she's like, yeah, well, that's in a month. Like, yeah, that's a full month. Jibri, you've just proven with three months you couldn't plan stuff. You're trying to move in a month. You've already figured this out. You're not going to figure this out, my guy. It's going to be tough for you. Look, I was on his side earlier in the episode where he's checking in with his mom, making sure that nothing will come between them. Like, cute little scene. But then, like, Jibri, like, don't make me be on your mom's side here. <laughs> like, there is a problem later in the episode where it's talked about, like, there's an agreed-upon move-out date, and we're rapidly approaching it. We just want to have a check-in. We're not saying, get out now, we've changed the rules, nothing along the sort. And Jibri's like, well, you guys could help us. Like, that's what they're trying to do here. You could say, like, hey, I don't know where to look. I'm like struggling with this. I'm would like your help in whatever reason. Can you help me look? And maybe they'll say yes. We haven't seen any effort made on that front. So uh, I don't feel like it's been asked at least. No, I again and again, you know how bad your decision making has to be for me to feel like, am I siding with Mahala here who has been manipulating this couple from the beginning? It's rough. So what I want to point out, though, is that in the middle of all this, Miona's very okay with what's happening. <laughs> Miona was like, yeah, I'm very happy they're telling us to move out because it's exactly what I want. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, okay, if he gets the push from the family, that could help. But she does recognize that, you know, she feels bad for Jabri because Jabri is going through a rock and a hard place situation again where he's essentially being pushed out by his family. They don't want to come to his wedding. And she says, I would never do this to our kids, which actually warmed my heart to hear that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I feel like Miona's getting everything she wanted here. Like, did she do this on purpose? Did she, she want to get kicked out? Yeah, she kind of <laughs> like, won. She kind of got what she, everything she was planning um, out yeah. of this. 
I love the confessional of her. Like secretly, I'm very happy at what's going on. Yeah. Um, like very funny. Um, but like, I also like that she then says like, but I can very much sympathize. This is a very, uh, bad situation for Jibbery to be in the middle. Um, and it's unfortunate. I do feel like he has sadly kind of put himself in the middle exactly. of this like rock in a hard place. So it's a little tough where I felt bad at other points. This one, I don't feel the worst i think he's overreacting um and you know like i said if he wants help i'm sure he can ask for it if, if they said if they was to go to his parents and say like we found a place but it's not available for one more month i don't yet have the impression that they would be like nope too bad the agreed upon date was then so get out like uh, i yeah. think there's some wiggle room here i think if they showed and specifically jabri shows initiative they would be very on board but I feel like they tried to make an example with the wedding date. I mean, obviously, this is more speculation because for all we know, they really can't afford the time to go to a different location. But then when they were talking about this earlier as well, we find out that we had heard Joshua Tree National Park last week. Turns out that's not even finalized yet. Remember, 15 days to wed, 15 days left. Yeah. They still don't have a venue. They still don't know which date so it's still very speculative. They do not know where they're living. So I understand, especially like this is um, his parents. They've known him the most. They know that Jibri needs to be like essentially pushed. Otherwise, he's never going to like I think Rock and a Hard Place is where he operates at his best is what I think they've discovered. Because if you give him leeway, you give him time. He's not doing anything with that leeway or that time. So he does mention, I feel like I'm 15 again. And they're like, yeah, I feel like you're being 15 as well. Like you're acting that way which was awkward, but then Jibri's walking away and Brian is telling Miona, if you ever want help from us, feel free to ask. And then he's like, oh yeah, and that was directed at Miona, not you. Mm, yeah, they're, not trying to, they're trying to make him, they're trying to force him to like really, you know, do something. Yeah, I think they want the apology there. <laughs> I feel like, again, the help yeah. may come, but he's gonna have to, you know, uh, you know, eat a little crow before yeah, end up uh, getting the help. I mean, when they previously had said, like, we're not going to be able to make it to your wedding. I was a little disappointed in them. Like, all right, guys, like, I understand if you don't love Miona, but like, you don't, you're saying that like, nothing's going to come between you. Like maybe we make a little bit more of an effort, but then, uh, to get to the point where it's like, Oh, the wedding is happening in two weeks and we have no idea where, no idea when, no idea what. It's like, oh, obviously they can't get vacation time in this amount of time and book yeah. flights and do everything I'm else. I'm going to book a week off and hope that it's that week. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the best I can do. That is ridiculous. I, again, I did not want to come in siding with them in any way, but it's hard not to see why they're having a tough time with this if um you're not telling them the exact date and location. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, just like <laughs> a three day notice on a wedding is not going to work out of state. With two weeks to go, Scally. With two. So with um my story, obviously, when I moved, everything was shutting down because we were in like super lockdown, like very start of the pandemic. So the city hall here had shut down. So we went mm -hmm. to the city hall in the city over, and even then they were like everything was closed for the most part. So I think, let me remember the dates here. Yeah, I think less than two weeks into the 90 days, we got it done. Mm -hmm. And because again, when after you get married, that's part one. Part two is a filing for the adjustment of status, which is like six forms, 
all these documents you need, credit check, blah, like A, B, C, D, E, like everything needs to be submitted to them for the application. And only after you submit the application are you good to just wait for the results of the green card and, and the interview and everything that comes after that. But they've not done this. So it's again, it's, yeah. you're putting yourself in a tough spot with 15 days. It's re- and, and with this couple, I'm, I'm very not confident in them getting this done. I'm a little worried about Jibri getting the paperwork done here. Um, doesn't seem to be the most on top of deadlines. I mean, so. yeah, I'm looking at the other counter American counterparts for the other couples here. And for all the shit we give them, I'm like, Bilal knows a thing or two about paperwork. The dude loves them. So he'll get mm-hmm. it done. Eve knows how to run a business, can run paperwork. Easy pickings. Done. Um, Ari, even if Ari doesn't do it, the family seems to be on top of it. Would Emily, the family will do it. Like Jibri and Miona, they're like, Jibri, you got this. And Jibri does not got this. He does not got this. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a rough spot that they are unfortunately ending this episode in. Um, I am very curious where we go from here because even though they have that month left, uh, nope, we are going today. Like we are done. And, uh, I really don't know where we are going with all of those matching outfits. I don't know where they are fitting, but, uh, in the car for now, it seems. Lord, they love their matching outfits. Yeah. The next time on shows them both in pink jackets, uh, saying goodbye on their route to go get married so will we see the marriage next week I don't know Uh, we're definitely going to see one at least but the rest of the couples are kind of in air we don't know when or if the weddings are going to happen there so let's move over to the other couple that is getting married for sure by the next episode and that is Karen Guillermo you know for every other relationship they kind of jump days I feel like Karen Guillermo, they just skipped us to like two days to go and then they've milked these two days. Like it's, it's everything um, that they have to talk about for these episodes. We're watching it in real time. Pretty <laughs> like, much. Yeah. There is not a second left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> like all of this is everything they have. Again, uh, we talked about this with Liana last week where they had the conversation for the, with the officiant. They had, they were looking at venues. Like we really had a lot of content that they didn't give us, but Now, with one day to wed, wedding's tomorrow, and Guillermo's talking to his mom, and my favorite part of this conversation, Scali, was Guillermo saying, yeah, so I went and got a haircut, and then I talked to the haircut, the the hair, the the woman that cut my hair, and she gave me some advice, and then I I used that advice, pretty much. And I was like, oh, you mean the people, the people that you uh, talked with that gave you advice. All of the people, um, you know, it sounds a lot more impressive when you say it that way. Uh, and you know, everyone is backing me up on this, not the one person I met for 20 minutes. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I really like Karen Guillermo. I think that, you know, timing is not ideal on when we are choosing to have these conversations, but, uh, I'm still rooting for him. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's hard not to given the cast we have in front of us for sure. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, in that same day, uh, Guillermo does after this phone call with his mom, apologize to Kara for the, the day prior and what he had put upon her with two days to go to the wedding. So it seems like things are getting smoothed over there a little bit, but then two hours later, it is the bachelorette party and it is a pajama party. So, we see scenes of Guillermo in the room with Chiki, just chilling with the dog while uh, Kara's got her friends over and is now going to share with the friends what they had talked about the night prior. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Guillermo's timing was bad. Like, Guillermo's is worse. Like, why are we doing this? Why? <laughs> I just, I don't need to, I don't think we need to fill in the entire bridal party on the conversation, <laughs> like, one night before. Uh, maybe this is a future problem that we could talk about. Yeah, well, what was funny to me, Scally, is that, I don't, I don't know if you got this vibe as well, but I kind of felt like Kara's friends understood where Guillermo was coming from a little bit. Mm, I mean, like, look, does it seem like they've probably gone to a party and Kara has run away and they lost her for the night once or twice? Like, maybe, <laughs> like, maybe she's that girl every so often. Um, I, I think that, like, it, it's fine. Like, everyone wants to be that girl once in a while. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that they are like, okay, um, maybe he shouldn't be telling you, uh, never, but maybe we can like under advisement just a little yeah. bit. One of the friends had said, yeah, Kara's very assertive. So Guillermo does have to put his foot down. And I was like, oh, okay. So you're saying this, I now can understand that potentially you do see Kara as a more, alpha who will probably want to move to the beat of their own drum as opposed to listening to Guillermo in this instance. So again, I think we're both in agreement. Guillermo's concerns are not unfounded. They're just very ill-timed to bring up Mm -hmm. with two days to go. So this couple is, is notorious for not talking about the things they needed to talk about earlier. And now they're about to walk down the aisle in a day. So that'll work out well, right? It'll go good. I mean, his mom did leave him with like some good advice. <laughs> like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, marriage is not a prison. <laughs> like you got to let her go out when she wants to go out. So yeah, uh, if you love her, like figure it out. Obviously, ideally, you're not going to be sitting at home alone every night. Um, but like there is going to be some compromise and like you and the washing machine will be just fine. I forget what he named the washing machine at this point. Ooh. I have blocked it out of my mind. Well, I had until you brought it up. So thanks for that. (laughs) Appreciate that one. No problem. Still a better couple than many others that we're going to discuss. If they were in the power rankings, uh, Guillermo and the washing machine would be firmly in the podium. (laughs) Top three for sure. I like it. I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately where we leave Karen Guillermo is here at the uh, pajama party. The next time on does show Kara getting a little champagne before the ceremony is very nervous. And then obviously the vintage 90 day spot where Guillermo asks, is she going to come? What's happening Uh, while they're waiting at the aisle? So she'll come. It'll be fine. I have to assume they're going to be the first marriage we're going to get out the way here. And then my big question to you, Scali, is do you think after they get married we're gonna see them on any episodes before the tell-all or do you think this is gonna be it for karen guillermo here i feel like as we've said this is airing in real time we might stretch this over two episodes whether that be (laughs) like skip i really feel like it could like we get her being nervous and her being and guillermo being like is she gonna come and then like cut to next week's episode (laughs) and we get the resolution on that if we do not get the I do's in the next episode for these two, my God, I will lose it. Yeah. Good luck. No. I am not convinced to be frank. I might lose uh, it. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I think you might. So okay. I don't know. I'm rooting for them. I think that it's going to happen, whether it be in this episode, the next or the, you know, the finale. Cause 90 day cannot let a week go by without an episode. So I do think that, uh, we will be seeing them say their I do's within, I would say, probably the next two weeks is my bet. Yeah, me, 90 day, doing something on a Sunday every week. 
Guaranteed. <laughs> you know, that we do share in common. Well, let's take a quick break, Scally. When we head back, I need to, you know, I need to level myself because I might lose my mind on this next couple. We'll be right back. Oh Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're here. Next couple on the docket here today. We have Emily and Kobe. And now Emily and Kobe have also had a very fast forward to the end of the journey. They're six days away from the wedding, less than a week here. And they have, like we heard last time, they um, are going to have a new baby on the way. New, uh, new baby sibling for Coben coming through. Emily is pregnant with child. And the one agreement Emily made with Kobe is we do not tell my parents. We do not tell anybody. We are sworn to secrecy. This is our little thing that we are not telling anybody about. Okay. But then they're both clearly feeling very guilty about keeping this away from the family, which I am not shocked. Because they're financing this wedding and you're staying under their roof and they had one rule and you broke it. So, yeah, this is so messy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) See, for me, like, it's real life. So that complicates things. But if this was a show, this would be fun mess. Um, But being that it's real life, obviously, is uh, further complicated where... Uh, it's like it is rough watching them both now like feel so guilty and conflicted over whether they're like happy or not and they can't tell anyone and uh, we have to keep it a secret so that part is all very rough to watch uh especially seeing that uh you know like kobe doesn't have a real support system around here for the most part so not at all he has, yeah no one to lean on outside of emily yeah, and, and I mean to add to all this, they're getting married in in you know in a week's time. So less than yeah, all the planning there and like they have six days to do it. For all we know, they're getting married in three days. We just don't know. Um so they have all of this that they need to do still, and then they have this secret they have. Also, for some reason, Kobe ordered the groomsman outfits from China. In, and they're, they're not arrived yet. And I was like, you're really living on a prayer if you're expecting this to arrive, hopefully somewhere in the next six days. 
Yeah. International shipping, famously reliable over the pandemic. Um, <laughs> that's a risk. Um, I'm hoping that that all comes through. Well, didn't but... he say that he booked them before he left to come to the States? Hmm. Uh, that's possible. Uh, um, I would hope that that, you know, would be the case. So at least we're leaving quite a bit of wiggle room for them to actually show up on time. Um, but yeah, that is a quite the window. Yeah, he um he definitely needs to look at a contingency plan just in case, because I don't know if I'm trusting international shipping to bring it to my door when I need it most. Mm-mm, not at all. Definitely not. Yeah. So um he does tell us that, you know, yeah, his friends, Pascal and Sam, who live in Ohio, are going to be coming in as the groomsmen. But also one of his other friends from Ohio that is already in town and in a hotel is temperature. Now, temperature is going to be a very important part of this story for today. And he is the primary reason why I'm going to lose my mind. So he tells us that you know, temperature is like a brother to me and he's going to go meet temperature. Okay. So he goes to his hotel. He meets up with temperature and, you know, temperatures gauging the temperature pun intended of of this relationship by asking questions about emily about him how everything is it's like you know emily's such wifey material but she has a nasty attitude and and she's controlling (laughs) it's like great again what is with these couples and and airing their dirty laundry with less than a week to go to the wedding look He's not wrong. <laughs> like she has a nasty attitude in Listen, many the scenes. Facts that are seen. facts. Yes. <laughs> like and yes, every member of her family will tell you that she wants to control everything. Yes. So, like <laughs> Emily has not been uh, an angel on this show by any means. No. But I also wouldn't be telling my friends that five days before the wedding again. Like mistakes are being made here. Yeah, you want you want the people you invite to your wedding to be happy for you, right? Because you you are happy. You want to have this wedding. So maybe don't, you know, poison the well with like three days, four days, five days to go. Like that's a mistake for sure. And initially, obviously, at this point, I didn't feel this strongly about it because I felt like I don't know temperature. Later on, I was like, oh, yeah, this was a mistake to tell temperature because um, he is not great. So temperature, you know, tells me, you know, it's, this is America. This is how it goes here. Um, and this is when Kobe decides, you know what? I've not said enough. I've not, I've not talked about enough things with temperature. <laughs> the quotation directly is I need to relieve myself from this load I've been carrying. And the load that he was carrying is the news that she's pregnant once again. Mm, yes. <laughs> you know what? <sighs> It's hard because, like I said, he has not had a friend no in one. two months, he said. He has no one here. And so, like, to not be able to talk to anyone in person um, for that long of a period of time is really rough. So I understand uh, maybe oversharing in this moment, uh, but uh, not a great time. I, I think I almost blame him less on this one. I feel like, to me, ultimately... He's fine to tell temperature, but my God, let temperature know that he can't tell anybody else mm. because that is the one thing you got to do at this point. You can tell because Emily has no connections to temperature outside of him being a groomsman to Kobe. So it's not like she's going to take Kobe, uh, temperature aside and be like, hey, has Kobe told you anything? That's never going to happen. So you can relieve yourself by telling someone who is a third, fourth party to you to this house. Fine. Just 
make sure that you've put the plans in place so that it doesn't get out from there, man. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe this was not dropped at the dinner table. <laughs> I was sure this was happening. And you know what? <laughs> many other things were said. Maybe there was uh, too many other topics going on for this to even come to mind. Because, it, uh, yeah, it was uh, a polarizing dinner. Uh, or lunch, sure. rather. Yeah, it was. I think enough had been said that no one would have even noticed it, maybe because of all the shock of the stuff that was being said. So, yeah. you know, this is where we really learn where temperature might be at with it, with regards to talking about this relationship. Because he starts telling Kobe, you know, when you let her do make decisions like this, just know that you're signing your death warrant. Yeah, <laughs> not great. Um, not a great way. Uh, signing a marriage license is signing a death warrant. Doesn't seem like the most flattering uh, comparison. So um, it's bad. <laughs> it's definitely we are getting uh, just the start here of what is to come. Yeah, I mean, this is only the beginning because obviously at this point it's like, well, the delivery was very brutal and harsh, but also, it's like a sitcom trope where there's always that one guy who's like, you know, marriage is this, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know what I was getting to here. And then we see Kobe get inspiration from this and say something along the lines of, yeah, I need to wake up and be the man that I used to be. Kobe, mm. that what does that even mean? Hmm? What do you mean by that? Hmm. Yeah, not great. Um, I feel like by comparison, this one line like didn't even register because like there were so many other things on my radar. But yeah, it, you know, it, this was by comparison, not you know, not great, but not quite the red flags we have going on later. Well, take us there, Scally. Take us to the stuff that got worse. Take us to lunch. <sighs> Oh boy. So, uh, Emily invites temperature to join, uh, with her family, her parents, her sister and Kobe are going to get lunch, uh, where Emily then orders for Kobe, uh, and temperature decides to call that out, uh, and says many things about her being in control about how Kobe should be the man of the house and start uh, controlling her like the man. And, uh, it was a lot, it was a lot for sure. Yeah, I mean, to which um, once he starts talking about this stuff, uh, uh, what's it called? Emily's dad does pipe up and he's like, oh, I can see why you're not married now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, OK, all right. OK, so, yeah, uh, Emily, you know, innocently goes, you know, you, you like the lasagna, right? So we'll get you the lasagna. And for some reason, temperature saw this as super control. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. If Liana could figure out pinpoint on a on a menu, something that I would like and it's like, you would like that burger, right? I'm like, definitely. I'm happy you helped me make that decision. Like, I'm not too pressed about that. Again, I feel like with Emily, there's been a lot more other things that have been more controlling and I've seen more problems with. This is not that deep to me, but temperature had a feeling about it and starts talking about, you know, you should give him respect. He's like, I do give him respect. And he says, do you though? And at this point, I wanted to evaporate. Imagine meeting someone's family for the first time and feeling this comfortable to talk like this in front of them. Because I could ever, I would <laughs> ever, like no, uh, yeah, it was rough. I mean, this couple has had their issues on both sides for sure. Yeah. But like, temperature doesn't know that he has not been here for any of that. He's not watching the advanced clips. Uh, he copies. knows nothing. Yeah. So to come in this hot 
was wild. Um, let alone then he also drops some other information on us. Yes, we find out that Kobe is from a royal family. So Kobe explains this to us and he says, you know, there are different tribes and then there are different chiefs from those tribes. And, you know, my dad is part of the royal family. And, you know, we get this confession from Emily where Emily's like, wait, so does that, do we have a castle? Like, why have you not dropped this on us before? I was like, what are you, what? This was Her your takeaway? <laughs> the first thing she says, she turns to him, she's like, so, like, no money, no kingdom, or, like, what's going on? Um, which yeah. is, like, interesting. I feel like an interesting reaction, but, like, also, I'm giving the leniency of, you just found out your significant other is supposedly royalty and has not told you ever. Um, that is quite the uh bomb to be dropped on you in this moment uh i'm gonna excuse the like uh not phenomenal questions there yeah i feel like i understood ultimately because the way kobe explained it is he is very much removed from that like he's doing his own thing and that's very evident to me based on the way he carries himself and and where he's at and what he's doing and if he's not brought it up it means that he doesn't want to be a part of that which Fair enough, but I am surprised that that's never come up before and yeah. that she has no idea about it. And they've been together, what, two plus years or two years at least? That's what it is. It's not that it's going to influence their relationship or their future life or something that she's going to have to, uh, like become a part of or adapt to at all. It's that, like, they have talked for how long and this has never come up. That's like a little surprising. I'm question. Um, a little bit of how well they know everything about each other. Um, obviously there's always going to be room to learn, but this was surprising. This was a big one. Yeah. Well, temperature is just out here dropping truth bombs, uh, by the looks of it, which again leads to, uh, lends over to what you said about, I'm very surprised that he didn't drop the line about her being pregnant. Like, how did that not come up when he's doing all this? Cause the other thing he does say is that. You know, he says something along the lines of, I'm helping you understand, like, Kobe should get the final say. He is the head of the house. And my God, dude, just, just can the appetizers get here sooner? Because I'm not at this lunch and I'm uncomfortable. I yeah. need to leave. I mean, he says, like, if you get married, you will belong to him. <laughs> it's like, uh, we have problems here. Um, yeah, things were not going great. Obviously, uh, I was then very much not encouraged where like at the end of the scene Emily's like you know Kobe has displayed some behavior when he told me to F off and I was like that's unfair but then Kobe yeah. then in confessional being like well you know he was making some points <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, but if like the communication is there then it can be like equal or whatever and I was like alright like we need to get back on track here guys yeah when when Emily did hit us with that confessional of well yeah he did the, that time he told me to F off that was like not okay and that was you know this is that energy like i feel like if that's the only thing you could point out that he's doing pretty decently but like you said and like he said earlier if he's starting to wake up to be the man that he used to be and he's thinking that temperature speaking in facts here that's not good at all i really do not mm -hmm. think so but then also i can feel like kobe's in a weird spot because Actively, Emily's dad has told him, you need to be on top of the finances, you need to take control, but also Emily is going to be very difficult to control, so good luck, we're not going to help you with that at all, and we will never talk back to her, so she'll never know that we said all this. So, 
what, where he has to find the middle, and I don't know if he's going to, and I don't know if he's ever going to be able to. So we'll see where they end up going mm-hmm. from here because my God, it's just the train wreck waiting to happen. Um, and in the next time on, temperature blurts out about the new baby in front of, um, uh, what's it called? Emily and Emily storms off. She's not happy to find out that, um, temperature knows which. I mean, it's not my news to speak on. So I'm like, because I was about to say, well, you know, I don't know, Emily, like the, the storming off seems harsh because like, he has nobody, but also he did say he wouldn't do it. I get ultimately. Yeah. No, he said he wouldn't do it. So, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal. The problem here is like from what we've seen of Kobe on the show, like I can't imagine him just like, you know what? I am going to totally change my viewpoint. I could see him maybe putting his foot down in a few places that he wasn't previously. And uh, this could have been one of those places where they're having a conversation. He's like, you know what? I'm going to see my friend. I really feel like I need to tell him. But the fact is that conversation does not seem to have happened. So ultimately uh, like, I understand why he felt like he absolutely needed to share this and get this off his chest, but still not going to agree with it being right. That's very well said. And I, and I think I agree with you there, which means we have nothing else left to say about Emily and Kobe for now. So let's move over to a couple that really, we might be talking about for three minutes here. And that's Ari and Binyam. They really had nothing. I feel like, I think they had the one scene that we're about to talk about. So it starts us off with this 20 days to get married and this was all from the perspective of Ari for the most part, this episode where Ari's talking about feeling overwhelmed and, you know, not even being sure, very unsure, very unclear whether or not they are going to get married. So then it immediately skips from 20 to 15 days and it shows us a little scene where she's talking to Leandro and Leandro's telling her on the, over the phone that like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to your wedding. I'm sorry. So Leandro's out, not making it to the wedding. 11 days. So four days later, they're looking at venues and she says, you know, I still don't know if we're going to get married. And now we're at seven days, Scally. And basically what we're left with is she feels like they've gotten more distant from towards each other since they've gone to the U.S. And she really thought that him moving here would give him an idea of where she comes from and how she is and it would bring them closer. But it has not done that for her. Yeah, I feel like it's been a rough go. They have, uh, I feel like, spent, you know, a lot of time in the car together, but not like on camera, a ton of like bonding time outside of that. I haven't really seen them do a whole lot as a couple. It's been much more focused on Benny, like following his passion of MMA um, and then otherwise (laughs) their problems leandro drama yeah yeah leandro drama which thank god it was revealed that he can't come to the wedding um yeah, so yeah really uh helped us out there leandro first good thing we've done um but yeah i feel like entering this episode i was like very nervous for them as like a long term i don't think i had saw a timeline in which they didn't get married this season like if i'm predicting mm-hmm. but um, I was still nervous about like them as a couple and very down on it overall. Yeah, they look like they're going to get a bye week next week, Um, which with seven days left, the fact that they're not going to be on next episode again to me does lend that there's going to be three episodes because they have seven days left. They're going to need at least one episode where they are featured with like getting ready for the wedding and then the next one being they're going to get married. So if there's a bye week and then those two are different episodes, then three weeks makes perfect sense. But like you said, I just I don't know. I feel like 
to me, everything should be normal now and fine. But Ari keeps talking about being unsure. But then to me, all I'm thinking is you two have been together for a long time. I mean, we've followed your story from the beginning. You tried in Ethiopia. Then you came to the U.S. for a procedure for for baby Avi. Then you went back and, and relocated to Kenya for a little bit. Now you're back here. I simply do not see this not ending with the two of you getting married. So to me, it's a little bit of a producer uncertainty, leaving it up in the air situation. But they've also not been showing us enough from their story. And to me, if they were in a bad spot, TLC would definitely want to capitalize on that for the drama. So I think they're fine. I really do. Yeah, I really liked this when Ari talks about how like seeing Penny and Avi together like reminds her of what's important. Yeah. She wants to keep her family together. Like you even have like Avi pushing them their heads together to like kiss. Very, very cute, cute moment. Yeah. And like Benny, first of all, like training to be an MMA fighter, but also apparently a professional tailor. Those pants were phenomenal. Yo, so, like he knows his way around a sewing machine. That was sick. I would like one ounce of the talent that Benny is showing this season, please. Um, but sure. Yeah. Now for now, um, I feel like since I was introduced to, uh, Ari and Benny, I feel like this was the most positive episode for them, uh, basically since then. Yeah, I, I would say so. And then, you know, it speaks a lot that there was not a lot to show. <laughs> yeah. like, if we showed more, you'd be against them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're on an upward trajectory. I'm hoping that uh, with it being the season finale, we continue. But I could see any which direction truly for this. Couple. Yeah, fingers crossed for them. I feel like the, the two of them with Avi, when they're good, they're very good. It's just that they're bad so often that it's very tough to root for them. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go over to another couple that I've never rooted for and will still not root for, but we'll talk about Eve and Muhammad. Now, Eve and Muhammad are the furthest away from the schedule where everyone else is less than a week, 10 days. Yeah, 43 days. They're in, they're just past the midway point, Scally. Okay. And obviously, Muhammad's still very upset about the fact that they can't get married earlier. That's what he wants. He wants to get married earlier. So he can apply for his papers so that he can get a green card so he can work. He can travel. He can see his mom, all the things in between. Okay. Then we move over to Eve, who is her friend. Tatiana comes over to her business for a session. And as this is happening, she starts sharing some um, information with her friend about what's been going on. Yeah, you know, this couple was just separately together, all of the above. I am uh, not enjoying here. Eve, like, going ahead, she's massaging her friend Tatiana, and they're discussing that uh, he actually has brought up finding another sponsor, uh, and there's big problems, but Eve wants to get the squad back together. They're going to meet Muhammad again. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, when did Eve start hanging out with Puya's Twitch chat? But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, you why the drive-by? <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I don't know. There's uh, definitely work to be done here, to say the least. I did not have high hopes when this plan was being proposed, uh, and I feel like I was proven very correct. Yeah, so... Eve, in the middle of all this, like Scally says, has decided, I need everyone to come together again. I want the squad TM and Muhammad to, you know, bond. I do not want to have two sides. And she does have a very sweet moment later in the episode where she tells us that, 
you know, she's not close with her family, but the family that she's chosen is the squad and she, she, they're her actual family now. So it means a lot to her that if they can all get along. So we jump five days into the future and, uh, her and Muhammad are going to have a coffee date. So they go to this coffee shop and she then, you know, wants to tell them, uh, sorry, wants to tell him that, yeah, I want to get the squad at our house. I want to do this fire ceremony. And I want us all to be there together. And obviously, um, Muhammad's not okay with this, Scally. Muhammad does not mess with the squad. No, drops the line of the episode where it's uh, Eve says, I want you to be open to meeting the squad. And Muhammad says, I am open and that I don't like them. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, so funny. <laughs> so blunt. I was like, oh, guys got jokes. Um, but it's tough. I mean, ideally, he would be. I feel like we have gone just like full, like ice mode like there is no emotions here it is tough i mean he's not someone who is extremely emotive in general on the show at least i feel like when you pulled up uh his cameos we saw more personality but yes i just yeah complete like the wall is up and it's not coming down right now i just you know i have definitely been on record on this podcast where i have faulted both members of the couple for different things the more and more we get exposed to Muhammad, the more and more Muhammad is just simply never going to budge on anything that he puts his foot down on. And it is not healthy at all. Obviously, any relationship, marriage aside, relationships, it's all about communication and all about compromise. Those are two very key elements of a relationship. The communication shoddy and the compromise doesn't exist. So where does that leave us? You're in a both on different islands, literally talking to each other. So the more and more she tries to convince him, hey, let the squad come through, get to know them, give them another chance. He's just not doing that. He tells us, you know, if we were in Egypt, I would never have the squad at my wedding. That would never happen. And um, he is still not over the fact that he felt interrogated by them, which we saw some clips from that episode where they all had dinner. And he doesn't want that. She says, I just want you to experience something with my friends. And his response was, yeah, this sounds crazy to me. Yeah, <laughs> not ideal. Um, it's hard. I feel like it was like a point of contention of have they had conversations of how much like they each will adapt to each other's lives and like who's telling the truth of if they've had those conversations. The big red flag for me was when Eve did not go ahead and set up the bidet before he got there, knowing like how important it was yes. showed like a lack of follow through on conversations that I can guarantee they had. I don't think there's a chance that he did not like bring that up as far as a um like condition on moving. And mm -hmm. so I feel like maybe she didn't take everything as seriously when they had these discussions and now saying like, no, it didn't happen was like, Oh, I didn't think that this was actually going to get followed up upon. So or like in the same exact manner. So that's where I was for a lot of this season. Now I feel like it's somewhere in the middle, like inevitably, uh, mm -hmm. unfortunately it seems like neither is willing to budge and, uh, Muhammad for sure is the one in this episode who is portrayed as a, uh, you know, more stern in his feelings here. Yeah. And believe it or not, audience, we are actually going to move into the next scene at the fire ceremony at the house. So it actually formulated. They're going to have the fire ceremony. Um, Eve does explain a little bit where the origins of the fire ceremony is. 
Um, it is to cleanse. It is to purify. And she just wants to bring positive vibes to everyone by doing so. Now, the problem with this is that the squad is all about doing this experience. Eve is all about doing this experience. Muhammad wants nothing to do with this. Muhammad literally feels like he said, I'm only here so I don't get fined. He is not interacting with anyone. He does not want to get involved with the fire ceremony. And he literally has a confessional where he talks about how he is not okay with Eve's beliefs. And he does not believe that, you know, if you want positivity, if you want to cleanse, you, you, you know, you look to God. Why would you look anywhere else? And all I can think in my head is we've literally watched Eve go to the mosque with you and give it a chance. And I gave Eve a lot of crap that episode because of the way she talked about it the next time. But at least she gave it a shot. Muhammad's mm-hmm. not trying anything here. And it's just like, nope, this is weird. I'm not about this. And that's very disrespectful to me. Yeah, I so it's tough. I'm not as familiar um, with like if this is a thing. I know in some religions, it is definitely a thing of like, don't worship anything besides God. And so oh, for sure, no, you know, false I idols. yeah, definitely. So I figure that yeah. that would be the case. And so where Eve is explaining this is like, this is my religion, like at points, like this is like the equivalent for me. And mm-hmm. so I can see there being a little bit of hesitancy and like, I like Muhammad is very strict in his faith, like for the most part. Yes. And so I can see the hesitancy and like, I'm not going to worship this. Like I'm not going to get involved. It's against my faith. And like, that is what it is. And if that's the reasoning, like I don't have as much of a problem, obviously it could be better communicated, but I think that like, there are some barriers in the way of that happening on both sides. So, um, if that was why, then I don't have a problem with it. Um, unfortunately, obviously I don't love that. He's like cold to her friends and just like very blunt with them in general. Um, like that's not great. But I'm still conflicted on uh, like his feelings towards the fire ceremony. Yeah, my because my whole thing is and has been that I have zero problems with Muhammad being close to his faith, following, practicing, none of it whatsoever. Um, my problem is that if you would like to be with Eve, then you have to be open to what Eve believes in. If you're not open to what Eve believes in, then and and that's not a situation that can be contested or compromised on then you shouldn't be together and i this is why i i I dread talking about this couple because i feel like i'm only saying the same thing every week which is yeah the two of you are going to clash then don't be together easy as well yeah and that's what it is i feel like i'm almost coming at it from a point of like well obviously they're not going to be together (laughs) so it's like like like, surely not So I'm evaluating them like as individuals rather than like as a long-term couple almost, which I don't feel like I'm doing in any other situation because this just like, I cannot imagine how this works. Um, It just feels we've made no progress and we are how close to the end. It feels very difficult to see it coming together. And so like, yes, if we are going to be like so different, um, here and no one is willing to budge. How's it going to work? And my brain tells me it's not. So I have right. a hard time then, like, uh, you know, criticizing either side too harshly for not bending when I just don't even think that's on the table right now. Well, I mean, I would like to circle back to when they were at the gym and they were talking about having a baby. 
And, you know, one of the discussion points was, well, I would like for the baby or the, our child to then, you know, later decide what their religion is. And initially he seemed to like welcome that for like a split second until he said, no, I would like for my son to be Muslim. Like I would like for my son to grow up Muslim. And obviously if you have such a clash in, in, you know, practice in religion and that is going to be a problem in a way like that. That is a deal breaker. That sounds like a deal breaker because it is a deal breaker. But then you're still here and we still have 45 days of you to go. So again, three weeks, if I'm calculating three weeks, that is a lot of days. So all signs lead to they're not going to be together. And I'm really hoping that that's the case, but we'll see. One last thing with them is that Tatiana at the end of the fire ceremony goes, I'm really glad we were able to be together because, you know, we thought that you didn't like us. And he's like, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> like, wait that you, you don't so you don't like us he's like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh, i'm one like there's so many questions in my mind but you know what <laughs> like it being so blunt it is very funny it's rude <laughs> like there's no doubt it's rude um Super but rude. like yeah i can't help but laugh at the same time no it's it was very deadpan and i was going to clip it to throw it on the soundboard to put on the pod but then i thought no, I, I can't have this. I might have too much fun with this in the future. And it is a very like crushing moment where these friends thought we just made progress. Um, Eve's like, we just made progress. And mom's like, no, nothing's changed for me. Everything's still the same. I don't like any of you. And obviously he says, well, I didn't like the interrogation, which he has been very forward with that. He did not like being interrogated. He felt like he was questioned. He felt like he was disrespected and he's not getting over that. Which fair enough, but I thought, you know, time could heal wounds, but with some people that might not heal wounds. Okay. So the next time on with them, let me take a quick peek here. They've got to have a next time on, right? They do. Yeah. So he calls his mom to get advice from his mom about everything. And I'm very curious where Muhammad's mom stands with everything that's going on here. Yeah. Big same. I feel like that's been a missing piece of this puzzle is really seeing how his family feels about everything and um, just like their general idea and like, do are they surprised that he is um, being so rigid or like, did they never see this working out? So I am curious uh, for sure to see where it goes forward, even though I'll be watching, you know, like through my fingers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is that I feel like anytime we see a parent of a 90 day couple talk to them, it impacts them in some way, shape or form, right? Guillermo gets a lot of clarity from his mom earlier in this episode where he is essentially told to, you know, you can't, you know, she can't just not do the stuff she wants to do. Like simple as it's going to happen. You got to learn the compromise. Um, you know, we've given Mahala a lot of stuff for, for being manipulative, but truth is it still has an impact when Emily's dad talks to Kobe. It has an impact when, Ari's parents, like basically what I'm trying to say is that the parents usually do get a big say in what happens with these couples. And for someone who is this, um, holds his mom to such a high regard and has been such a key point in him wanting to travel and key bit of his frustration that he can't see his mom. I feel like if the mom says, you're doing too much, relax, let her breathe. Like she's got this or says, you're right. This is not worth your time. Leave. We'll see where it ends up landing. I think it's going to be very telling for where we end up going, Scally. 
Oh yeah, I feel like it's like the decision maker almost. Yeah. <laughs> like he has shown to, you know, at least on the show, almost have like one foot out the door at points. So um I feel like we are really deciding is the other foot following or are we stepping back inside? Yeah, there's no spot other sponsor for, for Mohammed. No. If it doesn't pan out, he's going back home. Like there's no other place for him to go at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great, but uh you know, I would love to not see this couple come back to the 90 day franchise uh too soon should they work out or on the single life should they not um but i feel like that's almost inevitable nah, as well yeah scally if they even if they do a full 180 and two episodes from now they're the most loving couple here and they've worked everything out i genuinely don't think i could see them on tv again i'm i'm okay Ooh. with them getting if they if they fix everything right and and you know the compromise are there she loves him. He loves her. Um, they accept each other and they're very loving and Theron's very happy. I'm happy for them. But once they get married, bye-bye. Go mm, go away. Yeah. <laughs> like Go yeah. r- drive into the sunset. Yeah, 90 Day famously always throws away these kinds of couples. So no, they'll <laughs> be unhappily ever after season eight. Watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if this new cast is any indicator, uh, you do bad things, you'll be back. Uh, it'll just mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, okay. book them for the next couple of years. Seriously. <laughs> sure. All right, let's take one last break, Scally. When we get back, we'll talk about our last two remaining couples for this episode. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. And to start this segment here, let's talk about Bilal and Shaida. So Bilal and Shaida, aka the Prenup Chronicles, uh, continues with these two. We, this is literally all we're talking about at this point, but they are 20 days away from getting married. And we find out, Scally, that Shaida has talked to her own lawyer this time around. She talked to her own lawyer. She presented her lawyer with the prenuptial agreement that was given to her by Bilal. And the lawyer said, I will not let you sign this. This is not a good agreement for you whatsoever and i gotta say man i am so happy to hear that the lawyer said no so here's my thing in general i'm pretty pro prenups but exactly what she's doing here this is for both sides like if we want to compare it to a contract well guess what contract negotiations happen for a reason like things have to be agreed upon by both parties so it's not i mean I, whether it's surprising or not, I don't know, but, uh, cause I don't know these people, but, uh, I am very happy to see that she has come back with, you know, there's a few things that I actually want to put in here. And you know what? This is, if it's going to happen, like, great idea. Let's protect both of us. 
And honestly, as it should be like, that is again, compromise, 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 negotiation, compromise. Like this is what you have to do for this. So um, basically she now has talked about um, wanting to have a conversation with Bilal. And this is kind of where we immediately jump into. And when it comes to this, uh, Bilal is very rude. And there's no other way I can say he's very, very effing rude because she wants to have a talk. Right. And Bilal's like, yeah, OK. I mean, you know, there's no money for me. We can't make any money because I have to have this talk and puts talk in quotations. And he is so subtle with being so shady and so uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? He's putting her down, basically, in very subtle ways. And I do not like that. It's so weird to me. There's a couple of things I have questions on. Like, I don't know all of the ins and outs of like, you know, prenups. Sometimes they hold up. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes like, uh, things can be argued against. And so my questions have been with him, like being so noncommittal about children. Uh, is he worried that if they have children, there would then be some type of like financial, uh, you know, reasons in which she would get money regardless of a prenup. And so like, that's an issue. The fact that. is that called like child alimony? support, whatever else the case? Yeah. Alimony, everything else. So yeah. like, I don't know exactly how that would work, but is that a motivation in not committing to a child? Because like the fact when she's like, okay. And so we will start my business and that will remain mine. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I want that money. And it's like, yeah. so you want her to have nothing. <laughs> like it is not, Oh, I need to protect myself anymore. It's you can't have anything either. Yeah, no, it's he wants it to be basically he wants it to be what's mine is mine and what's yours is also half mine. That's Mm -hmm. really where his mentality is, where it's basically so everything that I've gotten so far, every when we sign these papers, whatever's in my bank account, whatever's in my investments, I keep that. You don't get any of that. And then if we do anything together, like me giving you capital to start your own studio here or something then I should also get some stake in that as well. Basically, that's what he wants. And that's what we learn is the bare bones of his contract. Now, as far as reasons he doesn't want to get uh, have a baby, it could just be simply as he doesn't want another baby, right? The, for not even on not financial, just he's happy with where he mm-hmm. is right now with two kids. But he still hasn't given her a straight answer about that, which also adds into the confusion here. Um, but when it comes to talking about this relationship she tells us you know she said when i came here i thought it was like a storybook love like a cinderella love like i just i flew here i left everything behind to be with my you know my prince charming basically like you the my my knight in shining armor bilal with his what was it be blessed shirt or be grateful shirt rather sorry and he's like yeah that's not real that's not love that's infatuation Mm, yeah that that doesn't exist <laughs> like yeah, yeah we trust me we know you are no prince charming <laughs> like yeah. we are under no disillusion maybe shahid is but we are no longer um i feel like just for i guess anyone also that may not have watched the show to make it clear what she had asked for in the prenup was that uh she wanted something about them having children by 40 and then also uh she was saying basically that she would be able to start her business, but retain full ownership. Uh, even if he were to help lend capital and yes. or anything at the beginning. And so like, seems kind of reasonable. And he, he starts with like, even after we get married, it's like, 
do you want to apply that to your funds? <laughs> like, yeah. like why after you get married, all of a sudden are you then entitled to anything? Like I'm confused. He even says like, well, couldn't my track record have spoken for itself? It's like, well, what about hers? Like, and, and that's what annoys me every time is so frequently. It's like, well, are you going to leave me? Are you going to cheat on me? It's like, okay, well, is there an infidelity clause on your end? Like if you cheat on her, is there like, she did bring is she up going last to get time. money? Yeah. yeah. So like, or like if you guys are together for X number of years, like there are so many other things that could be in here to make a prenup like agreeable and like fine. But when the lawyer is saying like, I wouldn't let my daughter sign this, like then I'm going to have questions because it doesn't seem like it does anything to protect the both of you. It's 100% to protect him. And obviously when his ex-wife was also talking about it a couple of weeks ago, it was very evident that they do not want Shaida as the new person in the family to get any finances later on from this family at all. Like that's all earmarked for just the kids and him. And then everything after that can be shared. But even then I doubt that Like to me after hearing all of this, I don't know how much of that I trust because I feel like there's a loophole somewhere, right? Where he's like, well, you know, yeah, I have like, let's say I have earned $2 million since we signed the prenup, but that's all $2 million in my existing business that I had before you. So you don't get any of that technically. Like, that's what it feels like to me. That's the energy I'm getting from this. And to that, I say, I, I just do not understand. Like, he's like, if I lend you capital, this is your, you know, you're, you're hoping to be your wife, your partner in life that rhymed accidentally. I promise you. I just do not understand why she cannot have, like, if you love her and you give her capital to start her own business, why can't that be her business and you have your own business? If she's literally saying, I just want to protect that and have that be mine, I do not understand why you are putting up a fight with this. And then also at the end of the episode, at the end of their scene, uh, Shaida says, yeah, if the lawyer comes back with some notes in the prenup, will you sign it? And he's like, I'll consider it. Like, oh, so you'll consider it, but you were very offended that she didn't sign on the dotted line the minute you presented it to her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Uh, I feel like this is how it should be going, just with like far less fighting and arguing. Like, Shaida's taking the right steps, and this should just be like, oh, obviously we will be going mm-hmm. along these lines, and we will be going agreed upon, because like, you're the one who proposed the prenup. Obviously, we want to make sure both parties agree on it. But no, that's not what he has in mind. Yeah. And I love that Shaida calls him out um, and says, you know, you are business oriented. You love love, but you put business first. Like that is very clear by the way you were treating this like a transaction. You were treating this like a business, like you're brokering a deal in business. And like you've said, negotiation, contract negotiation with regards to prenup is very normal and is how you reach a middle. So for me, we've like this has been harped on for too long in the season. We're 20 days away. I feel like when we were 40 days away, it was still prenup. 60 days away, it was still prenup. So to me, I feel like inevitably we're going to see them sign it. It's going to work out and then they're going to be fine because it feels like no other obstacle is there now, but this prenup and obviously the having kids portion is still part of the prenup discussion. So I just feel like it'll all get settled once they hit a middle. It's just a matter of a will they and B when. Yeah, I agree. There's probably gonna be like one more back and forth and then. All right, fine. We'll give in, even though like not gonna be happy about it. Yeah, yeah. That's where we're gonna leave you with them for now. And the next time on a uh, spoiler alert, more conversation and advice with regards to what to do about all these problems that they're having. 
Um, so we'll see where they go there. Okay. Which leaves us with one last couple for today. And that is Patrick and Thais. Now, this is a very interesting conversation we're going to have here. I feel like Patrick and Thais have slowly and quietly become the couple that gets the most content. And in this episode, I felt like their stuff was pretty juicy. So the last time we saw them, Patrick has obviously not stopped talking about how he wants Thais to tell her dad that they're getting married and he will not marry her if that doesn't happen. So when it starts, the episode starts, we're 28 days away and Patrick starts asking about this call again. And then he asks, well, could I be there? And she clearly doesn't want him to be there. And he says, listen, how about we call him together? And then if you want privacy, you can send me away. I will leave. And it's so clear to me that Thais doesn't want to do this. But Scali, what are your thoughts on this? Because I feel like we've had different ideas um, on the podcast here. Do you, yeah, I guess just tell me what your general thoughts and then I'll get an idea of where your head's at with this. I feel like in an ideal world, Sure. Like you want every member of their family to be told and not just like specifically her dad, the man of the house needs to know like that's stupid. But like, ideally, you would hope if they have a good relationship with their family, their friends, whoever that they would have told everyone because why wouldn't they? Um, But if she's telling you this is a bad idea, we shouldn't do this. Please don't make me do this. Maybe she knows her own life better. So I feel like Sure, ideally, but maybe ask why instead of demanding it happens. Yeah, that would be nice if you were able to read the room for once and understand that maybe, you know, your wife knows better than you about her own dad that you don't really know that well. Maybe that's a thing. So, you know, obviously Thais tells us that, yeah, my dad's my best friend and I'm I'm very nervous because I tell him everything and I've kept this from him. So I don't know how he's going to react to it. And ultimately... They do the Zoom call. He's there while it happens. She tells him, we're getting married this month. And he replies, already? Oh, it's not going to start well. Okay. So then obviously, right as this happens, Patrick leaves the room. Patrick leaves and he knows that, yeah, the dad's not happy. Okay. So the dad then also says stuff like, well, how do you have the audacity to stay there all this time? And now you're telling me you're getting married. And she's like, well, dad, I wasn't really sure about marrying him. That's not something I had completely considered which that was a lie um but then the dad says yeah i don't even like him anyway (laughs) the dad was like i do not care that you said this i don't like him okay and thais is like well we got engaged in mexico you knew that and he's like yeah and already now you're getting married and then obviously so patrick goes to the garage for whatever reason like He's a, they have a bedroom. Why can't he be in the bedroom for this? I don't know. So weird. But he's in the garage and he texts John to come over. And why are you inserting John into this? I feel like you don't, aren't you stressed enough? Do you really need John there as well for this? But hey, men make poor choices sometimes. And Patrick (laughs) is that guy. Yeah. Okay. So many, many thoughts. First of all, John sounds like someone's doing a bad Mark Wahlberg impression. Second of all, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, second of all, (laughs) <laughs> I <laughs> I like that. Uh second of all, uh I liked Patrick at first. Uh maybe I agree with her dad now. I don't love him very much but at all by the end uh where we are right now. Uh I have seen so many red flags where like you've like uh flagged up many times throughout like uh having to call other women ugly to make them not threats. Like first of all, rude and offensive. Second of all, like 
uh, or would there be a problem if they were attractive? You can't be trusted. So yeah, like uh, Patrick, not my guy, uh, not a fan, but uh, you know, Thais's dad uh, ultimately has less of an expression on his face than uh, Muhammad ever does either. So I feel like a very obviously just not excited, not enthused, not going to be supportive of this at all. Uh, not surprising. I didn't think that any of us thought this would go particularly well. Um, and uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not disagreeing either necessarily. <laughs> I feel like I think Sasha tweeted something. I think it was Sasha tweeted something about um this earlier today, which I do agree with. And it's that, um yeah. So, so, so Sasha tweeted the only thing that keeps Patrick in the running and not seen as a and as a garbage emoji is that he learned Portuguese. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's how I felt coming into where he had learned the language. He show he was showing nothing but love to her. But the more and more we've seen is that. Again, Patrick is the alpha in the relationship and that everything he says goes and has to go. If he doesn't feel like sharing, he will not share, but she has to share everything and she has to do everything the way she, he wants it. They're not going to get married here. They're getting married here and they have to get married with the dad knowing whether she likes it or not. That's the way it goes. And, oh, we're moving to Dallas because I said so. Like, it's really, there's no discussion, which I hate. I absolutely detest from him. But then... So while he is, you know, camped away in this garage, we um, start seeing the dad talk a little bit more. And the dad says, yeah, I think you should come back to Brazil, leave it all and come back as soon as possible. And that's what the dad wants is leave. Now, remember earlier in the episode, uh, Thais does say that my dad's my best friend. And I, you know, typically listen to what he has to say. So I'm worried about what he's going to say. So the dad says you have to leave. okay? and this immediately starts making Thais question her decision. And she's not sure how she feels about all this. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's like, uh, Patrick, careful what you wish for, because now we have told Thais's dad and she is second guessing everything because of this. But at the same time, maybe better that she's second guessing everything now rather than when he is inevitably very upset that you got married. And then she's like, I should leave anyway. So, um, (laughs) definitely uh problems no matter when you actually end up doing it but uh patrick you know once again deciding when and how she has to do something uh, all by himself is extremely frustrating and i can't blame her for uh you know questioning things here no and it backfired on him big time so mm-hmm. she also she's like well now since he wants to know all the truth i'm gonna give him the truth she's like yeah he doesn't believe you're good for me oh yeah and he doesn't like you <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like well I warned you I warned you this was going to happen I warned you this was a thing and then she does tell him well would you get mad if I went back and he says well mm-hmm. things will be over between us she agrees and then she tells us that you know she misses her family her dad her life in Brazil and she's saying all this as she starts crying and this is when Patrick really realizes how bad things are because this is the first time he's seen her cry apparently and he is now terrified that she's going to leave and then the next time on shows Thais getting on an airplane. So is she leaving? Is this over? Or yeah, yeah I or... don't know. Mm, I mean, 
I'm now wondering, uh, you know, I feel like we theorized on this a little right before we jumped on, but are we just flying to the wedding that Patrick planned and that's where this airport is? That's him the next time on. Cause that's oh, also a possibility. That um, is very, yeah, cause she can fly domestically. Like she can fly in the States fine. Yeah. Um, so that's a good question, Scott. That is a great question. I'm wondering. No, I have to assume she's not leaving because they would not. That's a big dick. I don't know if they'd show us that, you know, I just don't know if they'd show us that. Yeah. I am always on guard. I feel like everything is a misdirection in the previews. Um, they love that. Yeah, exactly. I generally don't watch previews for other shows, but 90 day, I know none of it's actually going to come true. So it's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) like, sure. Watch them. Why not? This is not happening. Um, but yeah, so that's where it just popped into my mind as we're discussing. Maybe they're actually flying to their wedding together. Um, and that's what we're getting, but, uh, I don't know. It did seem like she was by herself in the clips that we saw. So, uh, neither would surprise me greatly. I mean, here's another thing that could have happened. I could see Patrick in an attempt to give her space and make her, you know, have some time and like you do nice by her could have booked her a vacation. That's mm-hmm. possible. Or like, you know, you like Vegas here. I've booked you a place for a couple of days and go get your head cleared or whatever. I could see Patrick doing that. He does seem like he might be doing so- he'd do something like that, especially if he's truly worried about her leaving. Hopefully, if if he really means that, that he's going to do anything in his power to fix this and and do right by her. So we'll see what that truly means and whether or not she's flying um, within the states or across the border. We'll find out. Yeah. I mean, we've literally seen him throw money at a problem before, so it <laughs> yeah, would not be physically. surprising. Yeah. So uh, I think he has no problem doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so would not be super surprised, like you said, if he sends her on a little trip, maybe with her other friends that we've seen. Who knows? Oh, yeah. That would be nice. Well, right? girl That'd trip. Be nice. Yeah. Can't we'll take those. Okay. So, Scally, one last order of business before we head on out here. Um, the listeners do not need to know how late in the night it is that we're recording. We're chilling, <laughs> though. We're having fun. Okay. Um, so let's start with this power ranking here. Do you want to hear what last episode was as a refresher? I would love to hear a refresher. All right, you got it. So last place was Bilal and Shaida. Fifth place was even Muhammad. Fourth was Patrick and Thais. Third was Emily and Kobe. Second was Karen Guillermo. Number one was Jibri and Miona with Aryan Binium not included because they were not on last week. All right. Uh, hmm. Interesting. I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a change up at least. Do you want We're to okay start <laughs> top or bottom? I feel like uh, I know where I would like to. Go. I feel like the easiest one is usually both the top and bottom. Let's start with seventh place here. All right. Um, let me just throw even Muhammad's name out there. How do we feel about it? I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah. with it. I feel like nothing moved forward. Uh, while it did seem like, oh, he 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 was there with the squad for the fire ceremony. He made no efforts there and had no interest in it and then told them to their faces that he doesn't like any of them. So I feel like that's a step backwards if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I just feel like we have no reason to believe they work as a couple. There was nothing in this episode that made me feel good about them where I feel like many other couples are on an upward trajectory or hitting speed bumps that are small or uh tangential to their actual relationship, like outside sources are coming in. Uh It is themselves who are having problems uh, mostly. So I would firmly like to put them in last place. 
Request granted. Okay, perfect. I think the next couple for me um has to be either Bilal and Shaida. And honestly, I'm pulling Emily and Kobe down with me. They're not going to stay in third place today. Okay. I was between Emily and Kobe. Honestly, it comes down to, do you think she is flying home or is she staying uh, stateside with Patrick and Thais? Ooh, oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Oh, I think she's stateside. I genuinely do not see her just like leaving and them showing us that. I, I refuse to believe that's what they're going to do because that would be the biggest plot twist of the season. And I simply do not see that happening. They're not going to show us the full 180 with like the tail end of their episode here and then the in the next time on. That's the whole storyline for them. Yeah, I feel like the problem. So the reasons why I tried to uh, at least throw Patrick and Thais out here is that, um, first of all, she could be leaving. Um, so that's a big downside. Um, and also where we have people who don't love what's going on in their relationship in uh, their relationship and in Emily and Kobe's um Thais's dad and her best slash best friend is going to be a much closer person in their life generally than uh, Kobe's friend who we've never heard about before. And I am not sure exactly how close they are. So um, that is the only reason that I was considering them, but I'm mm-hmm. pretty happy in either order here for those two. Okay. So I would go, let's throw Emily and Kobe sixth. Um, what works for me? Big fall out of the podium to sixth place. They go. And then I'm okay with going with Patrick and Thais next. Obviously, this is a relationship that looked a lot better last week and is now looking like it's on the brink of being over. Um, also adding in the fact that now Patrick knows the truth of, yeah, my dad doesn't like you. And also I value what he has to say. And he yeah. said not to get married. So it blew up in your face. Now, are you going to fix it or not? Based on your track record, I, I'm very much <laughs> skeptical, but. Next week will tell us where you're going to land next. It's all on you, Patrick. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think you were right to uh, call down Bilal and Shaida. I feel like if you had told me they were going to raise this high uh, before I had watched this episode, uh, I would not have believed you. And I still have many problems. Um, but I think that they are on the upward trajectory of starting to come to a compromise on this prenup. I do think it'll get signed. I do think they will probably get married, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I am uh, not loving the relationship, but do think they're pretty steady here. Yeah, I think they, they belong here. I will say it feels to me like the top, the bottom four are a, there's a big leap between top three and bottom four. Agreed. So Belanger being fourth by no means doesn't mean they're doing well. They're still in a bad spot, but mm-hmm. they just had a significantly better showing this episode than the other three, which is rough considering that they're on fourth, even though it was in the middle of Bilal saying, yeah, no, you can't have your own business. That's my thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're left with Karen Guillermo, Jibri Miona, Ari, and Biniam. I could go either way with these three. Um, but let's work our way backwards here. What I would propose is that we do put Ari and Binium in. I was about to say in third place, but I think we put Jibri and Miona there, to be honest. I think ultimately, yeah, I think ultimately with these two, they have been given an eviction notice. They don't know where they're getting married. They don't know when they're getting married. 
they're living off vibes and you know it's it's too late into the journey for you to not know any of that so for me that's a huge uh mis uh guided look and also if you're being evicted and there's no money coming in where are you going to live this is just shambles right now the gas prices are up they could be broke by the end of the block for all we know next episode i don't know how they are getting yeah like how are we getting the joshua tree how are we getting married where are we living all of those are up in the table so well i do think that they've been pretty strong as a couple i think that they have very large road bumps uh comparatively to the other two couples coming up yeah so then that leaves us with two and one scally who should be runner up here (sighs) see i feel like I almost just want to go with who's closer to the wedding. <laughs> um, it feels like Karen Guillermo, uh, while they still do have concerns, uh, they more or less talked it out this episode. Ari, uh, seemed to have come to a good place with Binium, but, uh, mostly like in her own head, there wasn't really any discussion there. Uh, nothing seems to have actually been resolved. It's just like, I feel good about it now. So, uh, I think I'm going Karen Guillermo number one, unless you have a strong objection. No, we're on the same page here pretty much because at the end of the day, the next time on shows them at the altar and the episode left Aryan Binium with, I don't even know if we're going to make it to the altar. Yeah. So for that alone, I'm going to give the bump to Karen Guillermo, even though I do not believe Ari there. And I feel like they're going to be just fine and they're going to get married and all will be well there. But episode wise, they did not move the needle at all. So let's put them in second place. So just a reminder for the listeners. We've got even Muhammad in last, Emily and Kobe in sixth, Patrick and Thais fifth, Delon Shayda fourth, Jibri and Miona third, Ari and Binium second, and number one, Kara and Guillermo have locked it in. It's interesting to look at the um, power rankings throughout the weeks because I think Kara and Guillermo and Ari and Binium have had the most number ones um, throughout. Mm. So that, that, that threat has kind of stayed there the whole time. Meanwhile, the battle of last place has been jump ropes with Bilal and Shaida and even Muhammad for the most part. All right. I'm very curious. I would love to see a line graph personally. Uh, maybe I'll have to go do that, but, um, I <laughs> am, uh, very invested to see where these couples finish out on the rankings at the end of the season. Once we conclude the season, I will take your advice and put that out. That could be a very fun thing to look back at. So once we finish uh, the season, once the finale hits before the tell-all, I'll put that graphic up for people to see. Can't wait. I will be favoriting immediately. Hey, all right, Scott. Well, thank you so much for this, man. I've had a good time with you. Let the people know where can they find you? What else do you have going on? Uh, anything I am doing would be over on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally. Very sad to say goodbye to these couples that I don't love, um, but uh, still, nonetheless, they are my train wrecks uh, so that I get to visit once in a while. So uh, sad to lose them, but excited to move on to some new couples over on Love Island. The new season is premiering on a new network in a streaming provider, Peacock. So uh, myself and Kirsten will cover that for, uh, you know very too long um over on the wrap-ups very excited to cover uh the new version of love island and also talking about the challenge usa with matt lagori over on the dom and colin podcast that's been a lot of fun if people have not checked that out highly recommend that as well uh get to see a lot of characters that i'm sure uh you know at least a few and uh see how they interact it's still wild to see them on screen together 
Yeah, no, the Challenge USA has been very fun uh, companion show to watch on Wednesday nights back to back with Big Brother and honestly, um, making Big Brother look like nothing um, on Wednesday mm-hmm. nights. So it has, I think for me, it's become the must watch show of the evening Wednesday nights. Um, but yeah, see, I thank you for that. I'll definitely will be checking out your Love Island coverage because I'm very much in the Love Island. Um, what's the I was about to say feeds, which is not the word. Um, it's late. It's late. It's fine. Um, it's very late. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm very much into I'm having my Love Island high right now. So I will be there watching the U.S. And I can't wait to see what you and Kirsten have going on there. Um, as far as myself goes, if you are looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream there three or four times a week. Come through. Say hi. I would appreciate that for sure. And um, definitely... Please, if you could leave a rating and review, it both helps the podcast get found and it allows me to get feedback from you. Similarly to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, um, I will be able to address any feedback there or try and put in uh, put work in to make sure that I'm putting out the best possible podcast for you to listen to on a weekly basis. So please, if you can leave a rating and review, you can do so over on robsawebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. And um, as far as other podcasts go, I have been doing a big brother coverage over on the, the network. I've done the Friday morning updates. I was on the Thursday eviction episode this past week. And um, tomorrow I will be on the claim to fame podcast with my partner, Liana, and of course, Rob and Jenny. So we're very excited for that. Should be a good time. Definitely check that out. And we have come to the end of the podcast. We are at the destination, of course, on the Hot Mess Express. But I will be talking about Love in Paradise, episodes five and six, in about a minute. So if you are interested in that, stick around. Thank you for all the feedback regarding that. Uh, your positivity and, and the ask for the continuation of that. We'll keep it going. So I'll be talking about Love in Paradise in just a bit here. But for now, we have arrived at the destination. Have a good one. See you next week. And bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the rest of the 90 day podcast, a.k.a. the love and paradise corner of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed my time talking to Brian Scally about all the things that happened on episode 14 of 90 Day Proper. Here is where we flip the script and we talk about love in paradise. Now, thank you so much to all of you that got back to me on social media and said that you would like for me to continue the story. So here I am doing my due diligence and making sure you are up to date on everything going on there. Today, we're going to be talking about episode five and episode six of Love in Paradise. And by next week, we'll be going by episodically. So these segments will be significantly shorter. Now, let's jump in and talk about the first couple here, Ariana and Sherlon. So Ariana and Sherlon, they are about to spend their first night together in person in a year. It's been a minute. Obviously, Sherlon gets to also meet baby Odin for the first time. They have not been in the same room before. And last time when we talked about them, Ariana was upset with Sherlon because Sherlon had not been filing or sending her the document she needed for the paternity papers needed to put his name on the birth certificate. So he passes over the paternity papers to her in person 
And when she says, why did you not send these to me before? Like if you had them, he's like, you know how far, like there's no FedEx around here and I'm, I work. I can't, I couldn't do it. I didn't have time, but see, I have it. So she's kind of like, okay, well you did the bare minimum. You did give me the papers, but also has been a year. And she really wants to see where this goes with him. The whole episode, two episodes rather, is her trying to see if Sherlon is going to be father material and husband material, basically, and see where the relationship is. If you remember, she is upset that the relationship has not had any attention. And um, despite his, um, uh, sorry, despite him being excited about being a dad, she doesn't feel like he's been excited to be a boyfriend or a husband. So they go to meet Sherlon's friend, James. This is a friend of his that he's had for 10 years. And in this conversation, we find out that Sherlon is not keen on going to the States. He doesn't really feel like moving there. And he said he won't move to the States unless the relationship gets stronger. But also, you know, he's made no effort to making the relationship stronger. So what does that even mean? We don't know. But we find out he does tease that, yeah, I haven't really been fully honest with Ariana. And let me tell you this. You are not ready for what we're about to hear him tell Ariana later in this episode. Okay. So ultimately, Odin is not sleeping well at Sherlon's place. So they end up checking into a hotel for a couple days. And Ariana decides by poolside that this is the time I need to ask Sherlon some hard hitting questions and basically says, you know, have you been seeing other people around here? And he says that he's been with some girls, but not in relationships. And she says, well, that's not okay. That's not a thing that I'm cool with. And he says, and this is, again, this is a quote, okay? I want to make sure you know this is a quote. This is not me saying it. He basically said, you know, if a female comes on to a heterosexual man, like, what do you think is going to happen? And she's like, I don't care. Like, if any B word, like, hits on you, I'm not about that. And he's like, I didn't say any B word. I said a beautiful girl. And then he also went along the lines to say that, you know, men have weaknesses and urges and he is a man. And yeah, no, no, Sherlon, bad Sherlon. That is, that is not a, um, right way to look at it. And that is not a thing that's, that's factual. So in your face, uh, no, definitely not. And then, you know, Ariana also brings up stuff along the lines of like, well, you know, if, if this is how it's going to be, like, I don't really don't see me wanting to like raise Odin with you. And he gets very mad. Sherlon's like, never try to use my son against me. And I will say this about Sherlon. I feel like the way he talks to Ariana is, is alarming to me. It's very pointed and very, um, I don't, I want to say loud, but it's not loud. It's that he looks angry when he's talking to her about this stuff. And like, it, it comes from a place of defensiveness very clearly, but it is not okay by any means. So ultimately in the next episode, they were talking about, you know, things haven't been going well, but then he has said he, he's going to make an effort in the relationship. But that morning, uh, Ariana had noticed that his phone was blowing up with messages from someone called Shaniqua baby, I guess. And he, she, he was like, what? she was like, what's all that all about? And he kept saying, Oh, listen, shut the F up and listen to me. It was just a photo and it wasn't anything big. You know, I, I'm getting these messages from social media, their social media posts. And I was like, what's there? Are you claiming you have notifications on for when people post stuff? Because what? But then also when she says, well, who is, who is this Shaniqua baby? He's like, yeah, someone I know. And he doesn't really like, you know, talk about it. Um, and then in confession, he tells her that this is the man he's been and this is the man that he will be, which I don't need to be the one to tell you this. This relationship doesn't sound like it's going to work out. It's only going to be in shambles, but we find out that her mom 
Karen is going to be coming to uh, Jamaica to be with them uh, and, you know, take care of Odin so that the two of them have some alone time and, and some hangout time. So that's part of the plans of what they're trying to do here. Okay. So later in the episode, Karen does arrive and Karen is told by Ariana what she has missed out, basically the information about what Sherlon has said. And then they're supposed to meet up with Sherlon's mom that night. So the two moms and the two of them will be at dinner. And Karen's like, yeah, you should say all this stuff in front of the mom as well. Like you should not leave anything on the table, share your feelings and be really open with him and, and what you want and everything. So the dinner next episode is going to be interesting. We will be covering that for sure. But that's where we leave you with Ariana and Sherlon. Now, the next scene was Frankie, Gabby, and Abby. Of course, this was probably the main story that got me into Love and Paradise and talking about Love and Paradise. Two episodes, duddish. Very duddish from these two. Because ultimately, Frankie did not go on the vacation. He stayed back. Yeah, so then uh the friends of Frankie, Rodney and Selena, did go on the vacation. So they go on a boat with Gabby and Abby, and in the midst of them telling Gabby and Abby what's going on, what happened, they're telling everything to Abby in English, and then Abby's translating for Gabby. But then the hiccup happens when Rodney is pushed to like, well, why didn't he come? And Rodney's like, my opinion is he was feeling in love with one girl more than the other girl. And, you know, he got a ring to get married. He wanted Abby and wanted to get married with Abby. And then Abby has this moment where she doesn't know if she should translate, but then she does. And then Gabby starts asking, uh, did you know any of this? And Abby's just not answering her. Abby is awkwardly standing there, just quiet in this boat. So then we go to commercial, we come back and, Abby finally answers as it was supposed to be a surprise, which is the worst answer. What do you mean it's supposed to be a surprise? You've been together for 10 years. You think she wants to get surprised and you think she wants to hear it from him and not you. But then anyway, they get off the boat and they're having a conversation by the water. And she says everything I just said, basically saying you know, she feels so dumb and she feels like she wanted Abby to tell her. And the fact that she she was waiting for um uh, Frankie to say it was wrong and then also said, you know, I'm your love of your life. I'm the one that's been here for you. I'm the one that cares about you. So I can't believe this is how you would treat me. And then basically leaves her by the beach and says, yeah, you can love whoever you want. I'm going to go love whoever I want. And then Gabby walks off. So this relationship is already in shambles and Frankie never showed up. So now is Frankie and Abby still going to be a thing? We don't know. The next time on does show that Abby was talking to um, the friend Rodney about her plans for all this, which was, yeah, you know, we were going to get married and then we were going to see a way to get Gabby to come to the States with us. And the friend says, I feel like Abby was leaving out some stuff and ulterior motives that she may have had for all this. So we'll see next week what happens with them, but it's not looking good for this couple whatsoever. And at this point, I would say that there is no couple because I think Gabby and Abby are broken up. Maybe we'll see. Okay. We will see. Next, we're going to go over to Daniel and Amber. Now, Daniel and Amber were a couple that I believe someone corrected me and said they were on the previous season. But in this season, we've only seen them for a little bit. So to refresh you, Amber has a house that she has bought and herself and Daniel live there in addition to her sister and their cats. And also now her best friend Ashton is going to be moving in. But Daniel does not know about this. So the episode opens up with, you know, it's the night after they went line dancing and she's like, I feel bad because, you know, I had a good time, but that Daniel did not like it. So I'm taking him uh, bowling. 
Apparently, Daniel has really found a big, big love for bowling since moving here. So he tells us a little bit about that. They do bowling, but she keeps hitting gutter balls. Oh, and also Daniel has his own ball with his own ball buffer. Like he has a whole equipment that he comes in with, a whole uniform, basically. So she's been gutter balling. She's very nervous. And then she says to him, yeah, I may have had some ulterior motives in in bringing you here, aside from, you know, wanting to make it up to you for last night. Yeah, Ashton's moving in with us. And, you know, Daniel's obviously not happy with this because Daniel has been not okay with with the fact that they have roommates to begin with. And now there's another one. So when it comes to move-in day, he was moving stuff out of the spare bedroom that he was keeping, basically like a closet and stuff. And he said that he feels like the move-in is causing him to move backwards. He doesn't love it at all. Um, and Amber actually is secretly very excited about all this. Okay. And she doesn't regret her friend Ashton moving in. She just regrets not telling Daniel ahead of time. But let me tell you, when Ashton walks through this door, you could cut the tension with a knife. It was so awkward. It was so, so awkward. The whole thing was brutal. And Daniel tried to lay the law. Daniel was like, you know, you got to be cleaning around here. You got to clean up after yourself, blah, blah, blah. And then Amber, you know, cuts him by saying, yeah, Daniel, you don't even clean up after yourself, which is very awkward because I feel like Daniel wants to be the man of the house, but she undermines him with this comment and she's not wrong based on what we've seen so far. He doesn't, he is not a person who's cleaning up after himself either. So then it looks like Daniel tries to allude to, yeah, you can't just be inviting people over. And Ashton's like, um, if I, you know, meet someone and I'm like, I want to bring them back, I'm going to bring them back. Like, I'm not going to ask for permission um, that's not going to happen. And then Daniel has confessionals where he's basically saying that he just wishes he was the most important person in his wife's life. And he doesn't feel that way. He feels like the best friends are up here and he's down here. And obviously this is a video uh, audio podcast. So you can't see me, but I'm sure you recognize that best friend was higher than friend, uh, than sorry, husband. Okay. And ultimately we find out that she knew for two months that Ashton was moving in and did not tell him until a week before Ashton was moving in. So that's a bad on Amber. I feel like Amber should have disclosed that information far sooner than she has, which um, is not great. Okay. That is not good whatsoever. Now let's move on over to Carlos and Valentine who they had quite a bit of content, but also ultimately it was the same stuff over and over. So I'll keep it very short and sweet here. They ended up going to meet Carlos's friends. Okay. And, um, Carlos's friends, one of them was his ex Victor and one of them was Eusnades, which was, uh, his best friend. So the two of them were there and they are talking with Valentine and obviously you know, they say, we've heard some good things about you and some not so good things about you. And Carl, uh, Valentine goes, oh, what are what are some of the not so good things? They're like, oh, the polyamory. So very clearly now Valentine realizes, oh, if the friends don't approve of this polyamory stuff and I want it, but then Carlos doesn't want it, I don't know if it's going to work out. But it's very clear because the next time on does show that um, Carlo, uh, Valentine is not over this polyamory thing and we'll bring it up again. So this will be a recurring theme in this relationship, okay? And then also... Um, Carlos is asked whether or not he has introduced Valentine to his sister yet. He says no. And then, you know, he, him and Victor had dated when they, when Carlos was super young and he wasn't ready to come out to his family yet. And now Victor has a very touching moment where he's like, you are going somewhere that I've never been. 
uh, Valentine, basically meeting the sister. So they were very supportive of that, which I did love to see. And then now on the next episode, they were on their way to Santa, Santa Marta, which is a city that is from what we hear from Carlos is a more progressive city, a more accepting city. And it's the city he actually ran away to when he was 16. So when he was 16, he ran away from his family because he didn't want them to know that he was gay. So he left and he moved to Santa Marta for a while. So that is something that, you know, is very important to Carlos to, you know, go here and they're going to have a better time because they can both be like, I know Carlos will be more comfortable and maybe Valentine will be more comfortable. But in the car ride over, uh, Valentine asks the question, essentially being like, yeah, so where did you live before then? Like, did you move somewhere else after? And Carlos gets very upset because Carlos is like, I've already told you that before. How do you not remember? Essentially taking offense to the fact that Valentine is not listening or did not pay attention to something he had said before. And this starts a bit of a fight because um Carlos says to us that, you know, he's very upset that, that this is not something that he is paying attention to. Whereas Valentine tells us that He's frustrated because Carlos has a short fuse and anytime he doesn't say something the right way or forget something, Carlos gets very angry and it's very difficult to talk to him. So Valentine also shares that he's annoyed that he has to keep tiptoeing when it comes to stuff like this. And he ends up confronting uh, Carlos about this face to face when they get to the hotel and it gets very awkward. He says he wants to be left alone. He doesn't want to deal with any of this. So they have a fight again at the hotel, very similarly to what's going on in the car. And then later on, when they were trying to de-escalate all of this, Valentine does share that, you know, I feel like when I'm not feeling respected, I will escalate. I will not be able to, you know, handle a lot of that. It's difficult for me. And if you remember, Carlos and Valentine are both very dominant. They're both very um, controlling. They're both very much like in charge in many ways when it comes to the relationships, but they're clashing because they're very similar in that manner. And Carlos does acknowledge this in confessional that he does notice that, but then Carlos is very sweet about it and says, you know, I know you need space, but right now we are face to face. And I feel like this is something that we want. I want to work on. And I want to like show to you that I'm trying to get put in work for. And then Carlos apologizes for seeming like he wants to control stuff. And then Valentine also apologized for hurting his feelings. So everything is left in a better spot here, but it's very clear these two are still clashing because trust me when I say that everything we've watched so far, there's been a lot more fights than I had expected. And there's a lot more um, clashes that have been going on. So we'll see what happens with them next time. Uh, there is a conversation about polyamory. So we're going to see more of that potentially moving forward. Okay. Also, yeah, Daniel and Amber end up fighting about drinking in the next episode. So episode seven could be a banger. We'll see how it plays out and everything there. And then last but not least, we're going to go to Daniel and Johan. So they missed an episode here. I believe they're on episode six. Okay. Um, Daniel, we start the episode with Daniel very pissed. So obviously the last episode we discussed, Daniel and Johan had met up with Johan's friends and Johan's friends were not told that they were getting married. And she was very upset that Johan had not shared this, but she tells us that she came home. She thought I'd sleep it off. And then tomorrow I'll be better. She's livid. And the episode starts with her telling Johan, I, I really could kill you. Like, she, I'm very upset with you. Because what happened is apparently at four in the morning, Daniel ate $200 worth of peanuts at the, in, from the mini bar in their hotel room. Because when they went to check out, she had a $200 charge. And she was very upset about this because she felt like Johan didn't need to eat at four in the morning. And Johan said, you know, if I'm hungry at four in the morning, I'm going to eat at four in the morning. And my God, the man ate $200 peanuts. Like, I don't. I don't know if I could ever justify eating $200 peanuts. That's a lot of money for peanuts. Don't love that. But so they go to get in the car to leave and she starts cleansing the car 
before they get in it. And this is where we start learning that Johan doesn't quite understand Daniel's beliefs and doesn't really understand how Daniel is and, and what these rituals and, and the stuff she's doing mean at all. Um, because in the car, while they're driving, Johan pulls out the last of the peanuts from the hotel and he's eating them and he offers them to her. But then Danielle uh, declines and then tells us in confessional that her mentor Baba gave her a list of things to do and not to do while she was here for a successful relationship. And one of them was to not eat peanuts. And this is where Johan tells us that he he said he said some of the things she does for her beliefs are crazy, which the like, Johan relax. Um, and then Johan was asked by Danielle if his community would look down on her for practicing witchcraft. He's like, yes, that's exactly why I haven't told them what you do. And she's like, why? He's like, well, there are bad witches and good witches. And she says, no, I don't believe in that. There's one type of witch. He's like, no, no, no. The bad witches, the, you know, kill and eat newborn babies, the bad ones. You're not the bad ones. And she was like, oh, my God, if if this is how they see it, like, this is going to be difficult. I was like, yep, it's going to be very difficult if. This is how they would see it, that, you know, witches eat newborn babies. And apparently this is a big belief that Johan has. So we will see how that plays out because they are going to Johan's family's house or okay, Johan's house. He lives with his family and they live about 50 minutes away from the hotel he works at. And it is a very bare bones place, as Danielle describes it. She says that. Uh, when she moved, when she came to visit him, she expected, his, she didn't expect this house to be like very lavish, but she also didn't expect it to be as bare bones as it is, as difficult as it is. And when they get there, the family greets them with open arms. Everyone's happy. But then Danielle starts asking questions like, what are your expectations for me and Johan? If, if we get married, are you expecting us to live here? Or are you expecting us to move to the U.S.? Like, where would you think? And the family basically echoes that. Yeah, he would move to the U.S., but he would visit like he would be back and forth right? he would come here. And Johan says, yes, this is what I was thinking is here and there, here and there. And then they ask Danielle, where would you want to live? She says, I would want to live here, to be honest. I think this is where I want to be. And then confessional, she mentions that, you know, she lives in New York and it's all about the grind and it's always so fast paced. And she would just love to, you know, retire at a beach and just, you know, grow old with the one she loves. So that's what she is in here. This for that's where her mind is at. But then the family does push back and says, well, you know, um, what you would make there in a couple hours is what you would make here in two weeks. So the money here doesn't last. Like the mom was like, I've worked since I was 11 and I don't have anything to show for it because everything goes into the family. It's a lot of it's not a lot of money. And, you know, contrast to that, Daniel's like, yeah, my rent's four thousand dollars in New York. So it would be cheaper if we come here. So it's it's going to be a conversation they're going to have, I think, multiple times. I think this this meeting with the family kind of made Danielle realize, oh, maybe Johan might be with me for the wrong reasons because his family's clearly pushing him to move to the States. So we'll see where they go. Um, we don't see them on the next time on. We see Carlos and Valentine, Sherlon and uh, Ariana, Gabby, Frankie and Abby, and then Daniel and Amber are the couples we're going to follow next week, most likely. But that is it for this coverage. You are now fully caught up with Love in Paradise, all six episodes ready to go. So given that this went about 20 minutes, I think next week it'll be very short. It'll be like 10 minutes. It'll be smooth sailing. And it will make the podcast shorter and everything's good there. Just a reminder, if you could please leave a rating and review on iTunes, it will help me immensely. It'll help people find the podcast. It'll push us higher up on the search, which would be amazing. You can do so on robinswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. We have arrived at the destination here on the Hot Mess Express. 
Until next time, take care, have a good one, and bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.